93.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a uh, Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thanks for tuning in here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list. This is a work in progress. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Tommy Birch will join us. I uh, look forward to catching up with uh, Tommy Birch. Some local stuff. Of course, Field of Dreams. They made some announcements uh, yesterday. Uh, we'll get the latest on Tommy Birch. The Iowa Cubs are in town. We'll spend some time talking, BSing with our buddy from the Des Moines Register, Tommy Birch. And then we'll head to the Twin Cities about 11.30. Uh, Joe O'Donnell is the radio voice of the uh, Minnesota Wild, and they have a... Well, everybody that's playing tonight has a big game. All four series are tied at two apiece, essentially down to a best of three. And one of those games will take place in St. Paul, and Joe O'Donnell will call it on the radio. And he will talk to us about 11.30. Blues and the Wild, game number five tonight. The winner, (laughs) yes, you move on. You get the lanch. Here come the lanch. <laughs> and they look unbelievable. Um, so we'll get to that uh, with Joe O'Donnell. Working on a couple of things. If we don't get them today, we will uh, get them tomorrow. But want to um, try and get into this NFL draft a little bit. Uh, Nate Bolton is going to join us on uh, NIL um, at about uh, 1045. Um, Chris Murray. Yes. Trent, if you're holding out hope, as I know I am and a lot of um, and, and Hawkeye fans are, that we thought that Chris Murray was going to take the reins of this team from Luca to Keegan to Chris. Well, tap the brakes a little bit. Not saying it won't happen, but uh, Chris Murray has jumped right over that G League camp in order to get that invite to the uh, to the big combine. He's got the invite. No G League required. Do not pass go. Just uh, head straight to it. And he and Kofi Coburn and Scotty Pippen Jr. Um, and one other. Um, forget from Colin Gillespie. Colin Gillespie, yes, thank yeah. you. Um, so they're going right to it, which tells me that there's NBA interest. The buzz continues to build. There, there's no doubt about it. Now, here's another component to go into. Though he has been invited, our friend Tom Caker from Hawkeye Report maintains still not even a sure thing if he's going to accept that invitation. Now, that would be one of the more short short sighted things I think he could possibly do. Right? So why, why? Why wouldn't you do that? I, I have no idea. What's the downside of accepting an offer to go and go to the NBA Combine? No clue. Now, does that lock you in? If you accept that invite... Oh, well, that's the downside. That would be the downside. Well, you've got till June 1st to withdraw, so I don't think it does. It's next week. No. It's right around the corner. Yeah. Who knows if that's maybe a parameter there. I don't think it is. Why would you turn... Even if you... You can withdraw after the... Even if you are 99.9% that you are going to come back for another uh-huh. season, why would you not go uh, through that process? Why would you not go, unless you're not playing well or you got a little bit of an injury, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But short of that, it makes absolutely no sense that that would happen, mm-hmm. that you would say, no, I'm good. Tom told us on Friday yep, that he is basically sure that Chris Murray is coming back right. for the next season. And 
what I said, I didn't say he was gone. Nope. I said, and I was told by two different people, better chance than not, that he was going to stay mm-hmm. in. And one, these aren't message boards, people. No, no. The, one is a former college basketball coach. The other one is involved in scouting circles. And they both told me that, now, again, their information is not coming from the Murray family. This is from NBA people. This mm-hmm. is from people deeper inside the game and just how much he has accelerated up the draft board. But both these people told me, it was now two weeks ago, that there was a better chance than not that he was going to stay in the draft. That's what they were hearing. But again, it doesn't come from Chris Murray. And he's the guy that ultimately has this decision. Right. Now, to not go, though, if that actually plays out in that fashion, and Tom had a post up on Hawker Report just a couple minutes ago saying just that, not even sure he's going to be attending at this point and expect him back for another season at Iowa. That's what Tom Kakert said. He's dying on that hill. He said it to us on Friday. Yes, and he has continued to go mm-hmm. down that road, and it very well could be the truth. And, mm-hmm. and So is, is, Tom, fans, got, is Tom got a pipeline to Pops? Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt yeah, yeah. that there's a relationship there, and that would make a whole lot of sense. But Chris Murray continues to be the buzz. And the way that I look at it, if I'm an NBA general manager, and you're picking your good team, mm-hmm. your a team lottery like, team? No. So you're Late picking the in the year. 20s. You're a playoff team yeah. from a year ago. You've so got a 20s good team. and 50. Well, let's see. We can get the twin brother of a guy that's going to be a lottery pick, maybe a top five pick. Yeah. We can get the exact same DNA. The biggest difference is one's left-handed, the other one's right-handed. Mm-hmm. And we can get him at 27. Or we take a shot at another 19-year-old. We go down the route and hope that we can develop. I think a lot of teams will look at that and say, I think it makes sense at the end of the first round to take a guy like that. And if he needs a quote-unquote kind of redshirt season and even with the guarantee of a first round, we can do that because we're good enough. We can go that route. It makes a whole lot of sense. How do NBA people see this draft, Trent? Do they see this as... And you, you, we've heard this is one of the deeper drafts ever. Mm-hmm. This isn't a very good draft. Marcus Pfizer at four. Right. Right. Yep. That, those type. And that's not Mark killing Marcus Pfizer. That just wasn't a very deep draft. Mm-hmm. And every now and look, there was no quarterbacks taken. Right. Uh, there's one. Kenny Pickett taken in the first round and then nobody in the second until round number three. So you, every now and then, you whatever sport, you come across these drafts. What, what's the what's the kind of the consensus about this class? I, I think it's deeper than a lot of them have been in the past. And there's people that feel, now is there going to be a star? Is there going to be a LeBron? You know, Chet Holgram's a guy that you don't know. No. I mean, it is huge guesswork with a mm-hmm. guy that is that real thin mm-hmm. trying to figure out how he translates. Yeah, block numbers are really good. He can shoot yep. it from the outside. He can handle it. But how is that going to translate to the NBA? Are we talking Sean Bradley? Or are we talking about a guy that actually sticks and plays Mm -hmm. at a high level for a long time? And Bonjer, we saw him play as good as anybody, and we Patrick Mahomes. You mean (laughs) right, Patrick? What a story! That was wild. That was absolutely wild. Hollered Patrick at him. (laughs) What's your name? Oh, I thought you were some at the end of the interview. I thought you were Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Swing and a miss. Was that the Formula One race? What was that? Miami? It wasn't Miami. Yeah, (laughs) there. I think more than anything, people look at this draft as very deep. Okay. You can get guys that can compete, and there are guys, even Keegan Murray. Is Keegan Murray going to be a star? Is he going to be an all-star? Mm, probably not. I don't know. It's pretty big. I mean, yeah, to be one of the top 30 players in the league. Has he got another, has he got another step like he took this year? Well, <laughs> if he keeps making those steps, uh-huh. absolutely. But you know that he is going to be, the floor is incredibly high. And yep. I think that's the look of a lot of these top-end prospects is the floor seems to be really, really good for a lot of these different guys. And at least 
the NBA stuff that I've been reading, that's kind of the thought process behind it. Certainly with those top 15, 20 guys. And you go even deeper into the draft. Remember the story of uh, the Baldwin kid who went to UW-Milwaukee? He was no. McDonald's All-American, okay. went to play for his pops. Well, he's hurt all year. Yeah. And Milwaukee sucked. Right. That guy might be a second-round pick, and he was, for a long time, he was the number one player in this class. And I think it shows you just the depth wow. of this group that is coming out right now in the NBA. Well, some, certainly something to watch. Uh, you mentioned A.J. Green. He is going through the G League. Correct. Invite. So this is kind of the next tier of prospect. Right. And, you, and you, in order to get to where Keegan Murray is going to be, mm-hmm. you have to impress people at the G League to get that opportunity to go to the NBA Combine. But that's where, that's where A.J. is going to be. Um, who knows? You know, you, you still hear that Iowa State's the favorite if he comes back to school. If. I don't know if that if is a bigger if now than it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, Duke is in on it, but I still think Iowa State's the favorite. If we gave percentages here, percentages and kind of, of break where it down. AJ Green's going to be, Iowa go, State return to you and I professional opportunities. We'll put it that way, and then some other program, Duke, fifty percent Iowa State, fifty percent Iowa State, twenty five percent go get paid. Uh huh. 15 UNI, 10% other. I'd probably shift around maybe those last two, but I think you're pretty close. And I think the 50% Iowa State, I mean, it just makes too much sense. It does, right. Go play with that. Right. For a season, uh-huh. give it an opportunity. Yep. You've gone through, you've had injuries that you've dealt with. See what you can do in the Big 12, and then go to those professional mm-hmm. opportunities, whatever they turn out to be. 6'4 point guard, ball dominant. I would love to see what he looks like in the Big 12. Yeah, team. I would too. I mean, he had... At times, I think too much put on his plate mm-hmm. at you and I, and that team was so weird, weren't they? Yeah. Just the way that they were built, and now we see Nora Carter down in Missouri, and yeah. Trey Burhau. There were times you looked at Trey Burhau, oh. you say that that's that's a first team All MVC yes. player, and there'd be times other you watch nights twenty minutes, and you don't uh-huh. even notice he's on the floor. And they had a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. They of course had the injury to the big guy uh, that yeah, the had COVID long COVID, yeah. and he could only play four yep. or five minutes at a time. And, it's a team that maybe didn't hit their ceiling. Yeah, and I wonder if that AJ Green, two regular season championships, mm-hmm. but never getting to the NCAA tournament. This is a kid that grew up in Cedar Falls, right? Grew up around the program. If that's maybe a sticking point, maybe if because I'm with you, I think that chance of going to U and I's five, ten, fifteen percent, something yeah, like I, that. I, I, yeah, probably be. What else do they have either? I, I don't know. That that roster next year is kind of scary for Ben Jacobson. Yeah, indeed. But he'll do his best with it because yeah. he can coach. You no, know, by speaking of that, Mark Son, one of his players, he got a gig yesterday. Oh, did he? Yeah. So he's moving up the coaching ranks. Well, since we're talking basketball, let's go to do the NBA from last night. It was, um, boy, if Memphis playing without John Morant, let let's start there. They, they um, I was, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be as close as it was at the end. I tried to tell you. You grabbed the points, and I thought for a while, boy, you're, you're this. For a while, I thought Memphis was going to outright win. For God's sake! Well, I didn't because I live bet a lot on Golden State. Did you? The oh yeah. To bet to just to, to win. win. Yeah, yeah. I got them in the fourth quarter when it was still. It was either seven or nine at the time. Mm-hmm. Like six minutes left before they had that next kind of run that yep. they had in them, and it was still. I think it was only plus one fifteen at the time. Jeez. It just shows you. How difficult it was. Yep. I got another one at like plus 180. It was when it was double digits there in the third quarter. But live betting NBA, it's just so much fun. But you could still, you could feel it was going to happen ultimately, right? That Golden State was going to figure yeah. it out. Steph was struggling to shoot the ball. Pool wasn't his normal but self. But when Bain hit that at the end of the third quarter, didn't it feel like maybe this is their night? Nah. 
I didn't go there. Yeah, I, I never had that feeling. Yeah. I, I thought ultimately they were gonna they were gonna find a way, and they did. Mm-hmm. I did wonder. Did you see the uh, final banked in three at the yes, board? Yes. Did that impact anything? I don't know if it did or not. I mean, I don't know player prop uh-huh. or something like that. Maybe well yeah, could have, right. You know, if you had over three pointers for him, whatever. Because the is. number was big. I mean, live betting up in all likelihood uh, could have uh, meant something. But yeah, the uh, total was two twenty two. Was it? So yeah, wasn't even close mm-hmm. on that front. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter. Yeah, there was a one, point of the game that uh, isn't it sick that that's just where my mind goes automatically yeah. now. Well, that's the way it is, sports gambling, right? right? It's another aspect of uh, of how you got to follow a game and watch a game. Uh, you know what? I played well for Memphis last night. Stephen Adams. Yeah, out of nowhere, right? Yeah, I thought he played well. Maybe he should have seen a little bit more time earlier in this series. Yeah, because uh, he was banged up, though. Was he? Yeah. Did he have? Co- was he coming off of COVID? Was he one? I'm one not of- sure. Yeah, he had something. I can't remember why. Why the reason that he was okay. out, but that was the reason that you didn't mm-hmm. see him much very early on. You know, Desmond Bain, how good he played against Minnesota compared to what he's been here. Yeah, what happened there? I don't know. A little different, but he made a big shot. He did. Uh, um, yeah, that's a fair point. He hasn't had the most stellar series, but how about Wiggins to see that three pointer that he took late in the basket? I mean, didn't even try. He didn't. He barely hit the backboard. That guy. I just will never get it. He's an enigma. So talented. He is. And he just can't quite figure it I out. Don't, is it personality with him? Is he don't have that, I hate to say killer instinct, because yeah. a lot, there's a lot of guys that don't. But the shrinking just, violet yeah, kind of guy? Yeah, that kind of seems like that, right? You need him in a big moment, he's not going to show Right. Up. And during the second quarter of a game in December? Yeah. Right. He, he can have those moments, yeah. because he's just so mm-hmm. talented. But putting it together in a big spot, mm-hmm. he just... Doesn't thing like feel like he's wired quite the way that you want. Uh, the Jackson three towards the end, mm-hmm. where Draymond, I thought hacked him. I, I didn't even think it was close. Mm, I don't remember it. So it was like a twenty six footer with like ten seconds. Now, left I remember three the three fo- that he made. Yeah, and I thought I heard a whistle initially too. So I, I rewound it and watched it again. And they didn't show replays. There was no replays of that, and they go down to the other end. They're shooting free throws. I thought he was absolutely murdered on mm. the shot. I, I thought it wasn't close. And they just let it go on. I, I very well could have been wrong on that, what, what I saw. But, again, it was just one TV ankle that we got on it. I thought Draymond came across his arm. Now, what's Jackson trying to fire up a 27-foot? There's still nine seconds left. It was a terrible shot. But right. that was a surprise to me that the TNT crew didn't go back and at least see, hey, can we get another angle here and see, did he get him on the elbow, get him on the arm? Because Jackson doesn't miss a shot like that, even a four-step three. How much better is TNT than ESPN? Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> right. So good. It, they really are. They they do basketball. So, I mean, look at my, my TV is 245 and 247. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what they're doing in, in, in the realm of uh, of playoffs, whether of, of the winter sports. I mean, basketball in the NHL, the NBA in the NHL. Uh, good for them getting involved like that. Uh, so the early game, Celtics and the Bucks. Celtics fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Celtics in the fourth quarter. They just clobbered them. How much did they outscore them in the fourth quarter? By a dozen? It was 43-28. 43-28. More than that. Um, but they put it to them. That was by far their highest scoring 12 minutes of, of the uh, of the night of the game. Um, Al Horford. We talked yeah. about him yesterday. Mm-hmm. What? Where has this cat come from? This is the best he has played. Since maybe Florida. The, yeah, in a Celtics uniform, right. certainly. And... He's still in the league going back to those Florida teams. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Feels like a million years ago. It does feel. It was. So uh, I got this right because we talked about it and we said, all right, Al Horford's going to have another big game. He's Mm -hmm. playing well. So hit every leg of my parlay, my same game parlay last night. What was your miss? Al Horford. What did you have? To get a double-double. 
Oh, he had 30 and... Oh, he got this double-double. No, I know he did. No, he didn't. He had 30 and 8. Eight rebounds. Oh, oh. I was... And just watching it and, oh, he's playing so well and, well, he's got to have a dozen Trent rebounds. Trent three ball. Yes. He had eight. Oh. Womp, womp, mm, womp. Mm, Same mm, game mm. parlay. But the great thing is right now is you get your money back. Got the money back because I hit every leg except for except that one. Except one. You get, your, you get your dough back. Marcus Smart's having a heck of a playoff. Mm-hmm. Having a heck of a playoff. Say what you want about him. Didn't like him, obviously. He was in, in the Big 12. But, man, oh, man, uh, he's playing his you-know-what off. Tatum was down the stretch. Tatum was good. But mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, that he was putting back-to-back clunkers up there. Uh, look, the basketball's been great, but it you're on been. your own tonight because I got to watch puck. Okay, I am. I am totally into both of these uh, Tampa Bay and Toronto early. We got two 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 series got, in the there's NBA. Four, oh, then, there's right, but four, there's four in, in the NHL. Well, I'll cover the basketball. Would you? Outside of, of course, the you got to go wild. to the Wild Blues. Yeah. I mean, that's I'll be, be there, but early on at the very least. Uh-huh. Sixers going back to the Heat. You asked me yesterday of that series, those two series that come back tonight. Sixers yeah, Heat, both one seeds. Mavericks. Phoenix, mm-hmm. who you're most concerned about? And I thought about it more after you posed that to me yesterday. I, I'm concerned with both of them. Yeah, I'm really concerned with both. Of Which them. one more so though? It's still the Suns by a tick. concerned about them. Yeah, man, I think it, for me, I think it would be Miami just because if Harden shows up the way he's shown up this last, certainly the last game. Well, what we've figured out now is that Harden he is no longer a one. No, but he can be a great right. number two. Right. There's no longer that he yeah, is the well, guy. Well, the one was on the floor <laughs> yes. Sunday. And if he is, if he's the Robin to your Batman, right. he still can be. Who looks a little bit like him. <laughs> yes. He can be hardened. But that's what we learned in this series. Back to Miami. Uh, mm. This is going to be fun. Oh, what, what a dude. great, great night of sports we have in front of us. Yeah, we really do. Trent, I never saw a pitch of Kyle Hendricks putting together a masterful performance. I didn't see a pitch. Same thing. Absolutely same. Baseball last night. Now, for me, it was afternoon. I had two games in the afternoon. So I watched the Royals get clobbered early uh-huh. and then watched an almost no-hitter. Uh, the kid from the Yankees, the lefty, um, oh, God, I can't think of his name. Uh, took one into the eighth, eight and a third, eight and two thirds. Cortez? Yeah, Nestor Cortez. He was spinning a gem uh, in a low-scoring game. The, in fact, the Yankees pushed across their run in the eighth inning. I think yeah, I was in the eighth inning, but that was all my baseball yesterday. That was uh, it. No Twins for me last night. I did flip over though during now, the tonight, comeback. Though for the Twins, oh absolutely, this right. pitching matchup tonight. If you're just a baseball fan, Oof. get to Valley Sports North because you got Joe Ryan, one of the front runners in the Cy Young mm-hmm. early on, the rookie for the Twins, and maybe the other front runner, one point six three ERA against Justin Verlander. For Houston. Now, it doesn't look like Correa is going to be able to go tonight. Uh-huh. Still, maybe a couple days away from him going. You know, he'd love to play against his old team, sure. but they're still swelling, apparently, in that finger that luckily is not fractured. But he's going to be back here pretty soon. But that is a pitching match of Verlander against Ryan. That is, but there's That's too much going on. TV, but you're right. It's, uh-huh. well, I know what I'm going to do. So we got up in our little family room. We got this just little TV yeah. that the kids just stream and it's just streaming. We don't have a direct TV box attached to it or anything. So they just watch Disney Plus or whatever. I think we're going to have to take this one down. So we're, we're going to get the three TV set up in the band cave, I think, this evening. Because there's just there's too much happening oh my gosh. tonight. Uh, you started to say, I think, anyways, White Sox-Cleveland. Did you oh, watch yeah. the comeback? So I saw the comeback. The I ninth the, inning or the extra inning home the, run? The one in the ninth inning, yeah. Okay. Because I the saw granny? that they cut it back. Mm-hmm. You know I was on the Guardians yesterday, so mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, i got to get over there. And then bases loaded. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it was, yeah, the second batter that I saw was the Grand Slam that tied it up. It just, this Guardians team. They're good, Trent. You saw them against the Blue Jays, uh-huh. so you got to see a lot of them lately. These young guys, the way that they're swinging the mm-hmm. bats is absolutely incredible. And, and that was the thing coming into the year. Well, they went cheap. They signed Ramirez. They got a hometown discount for him. But you know but, who's starring for this team? The guys that got back in the Padres, the trade for the yeah, for Clevenger. And Naylor last night hits the uh-huh. home run. And uh, who was the kid that had the one in the extra innings? He's like 24. Huh. Just all these young hitters have come yep. up and have been able to rake right. right away. Might have to change our opinion a little bit in this division. We were just talking yesterday about it, and it still felt like White Sox twins, but... Watching this Guardians well, what, what, team more and more. Didn't you come up with a, an analytic that yes. said that the Guardians are the team to beat? Yes, it was uh, CBS Sports. So if you go to cbssports.com, you just go to their baseball page and click on standings. Of course, it has all the, the normal standings. But their gambling prognostication system is called Sportsline, which back in the day, that's CBS mm-hmm. Sportsline was right. just the regular website. But that's what they use, an analytical-driven uh, website. This is what the... Races right now. They have projected wins the rest of the year. The Guardians at 87 to win the division. Second uh, right behind them is the Twins at 84.2. And then the White Sox at 82.4. Chance to win the division. Guardians, 46.7%. Twins, 32%. 19% for the White Sox. And also to make the postseason... Of course, the Guardians have the best of that, 64%. Uh-huh. 64% chance the Guardians are going to make the playoffs. That's, I still can't buy that. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Bieber's velocity's down. Well, Bieber was the one. Uh, the, uh, they took three or four from Toronto, and the, the game that they lost was Bieber's start. What's going on there? Yeah, you know, and it's not just down a tick. Uh-huh. It's not like he's down 0.2. Mm-hmm. He's down like one and a half miles an hour. So do, does that uh, does that site have all the projected winners? It does. Yeah. So what is it what does it have the Dodgers winning? How many games? Let's uh scroll on down. The Dodgers are projected by CBS Sportsline to win 102. 112. Jesus. 0.8. So fly over their total. It is May 10th and they have a 100% <laughs> chance of making the postseason. Yeah. The Milwaukee Brewers are projected to win 100 games. Mm-hmm. Cardinals at 88, mm-hmm. and the Brewers are 98.4% to make the postseason. Anxious to hear the East. In the East, Did the, the Braves Mets are the close fans. the gap. Projected win total, 94 for the Mets, just 86 mm-hmm. for the Braves. 80% chance of winning the division for the Mets, and a 14% chance. Philadelphia still at 4.5%. Mm. All right, one more. I, I, I almost hesitate to ask you because yeah. I'm worried about my squad. Uh, the Yankees are going to run away with the East the way they're playing right now. The projected winner right now in the American League East is? The Yankees. No. Well, it's not the Rays. It is. What? 95 wins. What is it about that that about that about team? Devil magic. It really is. They took away the devil name, this but it's still there. This cash guy is unbelievable. Year after year. Okay, so how many does he have for uh, Tampa? 94? 95 for Tampa. Yeah. 94 for the Yankees. 91 for your Jays. I, I could see it. I can see it. And out west, well, as we're flipping around, Houston still projected, though they're a game back now of the Angels. 93 wins. So this 84 and a half projected for the Angels. Well, I'm, They're fun to watch. They are fun to Just watch. Just being able Otani to watch. Otani hit a Otani. grand slam last night. Um, so I've got two my, my two significant plays. The, the, the most money I spent was on the Twins to go over 79. Mm-hmm. So it looks like, you know, if this guy's right, I'll be right. Yep. Uh, and then the Mariners are my other one, and I'm not feeling real good about them. No, they're only projected to win 76 yeah, games. Yeah, they're 80. I think I got them at 82 or 83. 
Thought there might be some regression last year. Mentioned this, I remember, before the yeah, season. They missed the playoffs by an inch. They did, but you look a little deeper in those numbers. They were, I think, outscored last year. Their Pythag basically runs They're scored, what? runs a guess. <laughs> basically, it just breaks down. Hey, you score this many runs, you give up this many. How many games in a uh-huh. normal 162 you'd win? It was like 79 last year. They overachieved a year ago and looks like coming back to the pack a bit. All right, we'll get our time out. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, we've got some news for you. Tom Brady found a job, which I think will make everybody Whew, happy that uh, he is going to work. And he's getting some money, too. Jesus! I'll tell you about that when we come back. Speaking of money, we're going to try and give, not give you, help you win some money here as it's time for another $1,000 home run. Enter this nationwide keyword at kxno.com. The keyword is grand. Grand at kxno.com. That's your chance to win $1,000. Grand at kxno.com. We've got another one coming up in the second and final hour of our program. It's 1025. We'll come back to another segment. Nate Bolton on the NIL. What did that mean? Did you make heads or tails of what's going on here with the NCAA release yesterday? I started to read it, and then I thought, you know what? You're just wasting your time because this is going to court. Over our heads. Uh-huh. That's why we got Nate Bolton. He's going to help us Nate out. Bolton. 1025. Bolton in 20 minutes. Trent and I coming back in about five on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. I remember standing on the Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. So clearing up to Chris Murray, if indeed he does go to the Combine, it actually is, there's no reason for him not to go to the Combine. If you go to the Combine and you are not drafted, you can still return to school. Wow. You can't return to school if you didn't go to the combine. So it's actually, um, it's to his benefit even more that you take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. You go to the combine, leave your name in. That's leave your wild. name in. If you're not drafted, you have until Monday following the draft at five o'clock to so tell trying. Iowa, we're co- I'm coming back. But if he would be drafted in the second round, then he's, he's locked. He's, in. he's done. Right. Right. But if you're not drafted, <laughs> Um, you can tell the you can tell your school that you want to come back. So, go to the combine, young man. Do it absolutely. Anyways, um, we we mentioned Tom Brady and the and the excellent news that he's found work. Oh boy, um, I, mean, I was wondering how his family was well, going to survive. Just it. I yeah. mean, the wife doesn't work. He's got kids. Wife makes more than he does. <laughs> I know that. Jeez, it's unbelievable. Good for them. They're the rich not, get richer. Yeah, right? they're the world's most beautiful couple, and I mean that in all sincerity. They truly are. Um, but Tom Brady's going to be essentially Troy Aikman, who was working with he's he's going to be Fox's number one lead analyst. Greg Olson, get out of here. Thanks for the however long it ta- however long he's there. So it's going to be Kevin Burkhart and Tom Brady. That will be the A team at Fox. That's a good A team. I think so. I think that Tom Brady's going to be look what we've seen from Tom Brady in the last couple of years. He was pretty guarded, wouldn't you mm-hmm. say? Yeah, didn't know a lot about his personality. He was kind of doing the Patriot way, mm-hmm. right? Um, Taking but, less money so they could sign guys. Sure, and and not it's not about you, Tom. It's about mm-hmm. the team. And even though it was about Tom, right. um, but he's on Twitter. He's funny. Yeah, um, we're starting to get the personality. I mean, if, if do you think if the if the Patriots, uh, my Canadian's going to be shown here. Where was the tea party? Boston. But was there is there some bay or something yeah, that it was yeah. in? 
You don't know either. America, it's in the water. <laughs> it's in the water. Yeah. So if if the parade is in the water for the Patriots, do you think Brady's chucking the no, Lombard? No, of course, of course not. he's not. No. He gets. He might have had jam- a wine spritzer and that was it. <laughs> That's right. He chucked a couple of beers and had a good time. And if tried Bill to- gave him the thumbs up, so you can have one. You can have one. Right. He can have one. Um, but he's a different cat now, right? And and I think he's going to do very well. The concern would be calling out players. Well, that, but that's a concern for a lot of guys. Now, he was really good on the Manning, um, Manning cast when mm-hmm. it was, I mean, I, I thought it was fantastic TV. And this is a different realm, but Joe Montana, most everybody believed, was going to be good, he too. Was awful. And he was brutal. Awful. Now, that was a studio show. Mm-hmm. That's different. You have to be very succinct in your points. Mm-hmm. All right, you get your 45 seconds, make your point, move on, mm-hmm. especially in one of those big NBA pre-game, or NFL pregame shows where you got a bunch of guys at the desk. Right. So he wasn't good in that role. That would be the concern, but what you said, what we've seen of him here as yeah. late, because if you would have said this, and he was still with New England, it was still the Tom Brady, or this would have happened four years ago, I don't know if he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to I be good. I, I do, too. I think he understands it. I think he gets it. going to be really, really Well, the good. commercials that he's made, the, the crypto commercials, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I think he's good. I, now, can I he do it on his feet? Well, that's That's different. He's done pretty well on his feet with (laughs) watching football or watching defenses. He's going to make more than Romo. He's going to make more than Aikman. The money that we're hearing, anywhere from twenty to thirty million dollars, somewhere in the middle. Which is he's not making that much now, is he? Right in that range. Right in that range. Yeah. Good work if you can get it. I think he's going to be good. I do. We do have a Christmas Day game. Uh, We know one. CBS announced one today. The Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Rams will collide at 3.30 in the afternoon hour time on Christmas Day. Uh, Did you see any more that came out today? That was the only one that I saw today, Mm -hmm. the uh, only announcement. You like that? Christmas Day for your team? Better than New Year's, uh, uh, than Thanksgiving, rather. Okay. Um, Yeah. You don't like the late game Monday Night Football. We know that. No, not the second game of Monday Night Football. Not if you wait all freaking offseason. Right? And then teams go Sunday and Sunday night, then the early game Monday. It's football. Look at them bitching about yeah, that. Look at right? you. Right? But no, if I had my brothers, they wouldn't play the late game on Monday. I got some TV news for you. I don't know if you saw that this this morning. Next week, the PGA Championship will be happening. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a Manning cast for it. But Joe Buck's doing it. But Joe Buck's doing right. it. Right. And I figured you would be very, very excited to see that. Some of the people that will be joining the quote-unquote Manning cast with Joe Buck at the PGA Championship include Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. of course, yep. Josh Allen, okay, Charles Barkley, uh, better, Doris Burke, okay, Fred Couples, John Hamm, and Peyton and Eli Manning. How about that? That's a pretty good group. How so much is, of this are you going to well, watch? Well, see, here's the thing. I'm on vacation, and my wife says oh. <laughs> the, the, the hammer was put down. It the, was. The, this is, yeah, I am going to spend... You're not going to find a, a nice lazy boy in the hotel. This is going to be a vacation yeah. away from sports. I, I mean, let's say you weren't on vacation. Though. Oh, glued, absolutely glued to regular telecast or to this. I think that because I'm such a Joe Buck guy, and I want to see all of those people that are going to be a part of it. I mean, Barkley to me could read a phone book, and I would listen. Yeah. I mean, he's so good. He's just he's funny. It's just priceless. You hear him talking about his Auburn years? No. Uh, I don't think it got the folks at Auburn. Uh, they, they enjoyed it very much. And it's just what, what he took in school. He was talking about his lateral vision, his peripheral vision the other day, and uh, the boys were getting on. And pre- that is such a good show. They just open uh, up the mics and let him go. That's just it, right? Yeah. No script, just go, fellas. Yep, just talk. Yep. And they do it as well as anybody has mm-hmm, ever done it, mm-hmm. certainly in that kind of space. I For me... I'm intrigued by it, and we talked when the Manicast came out. When, what other sports make sense? 
this is one that I always thought was a home run. Golf. Yeah. Yep. Because it is so different. Mm-hmm. And the way that you can weave in stories and just have a conversation. You're watching the golf, but you're also just hearing different perspectives and different thoughts. And, and I think Joe Buck leading something like this would be really good. Yeah. His TV show was much maligned. No, he was good. The, I mean, the it. talk show, the, yes. the interview show. Yeah. He's great. He was Was that prepared. a direct TV exclusive? Nah, it, it, well, it might have been because I it was so. on one of those. It was like think, 222 or something. Yeah, like where that. Dan Patrick's show aired there for yes. a while. Yes. Yep. I think it was an exclusive. So if he didn't have direct, I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. I thought he did a no, really good job. Good. He. He had He's got some depth. Of, yes, it's not just a play-by-play right. guy. There's more there. Yeah. And I think every time I hear him interviewed in some of those long-form interviews, mm-hmm. he's, I think, always really good and interesting there. So I am very intrigued by this. We're not going to have Tiger. Oh, we're not? I don't think so. Yes, he's, he's in the field. Oh, he is? Yes, him and Phil. I knew Phil was coming No, back, Tiger. Tiger's in. Now that, that kind of throws a We will see. I'm going to watch it. Well, Barkley took a shot at Tiger in his yet-to-be-released book. Apparently. Oh, really? Yes. They used to be buddies. They, well, and that's just, that was the question. Are they still remain? He, t- he talked about him, you know, lighten up, Tiger. You're a golfer type of thing, right? But that's how he's wound. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how that does the friendship. Let's get into the NIL, shall we? We'll Let's take do the time it. out. Nate Bolden's going to help us out with uh, what the NCAA, they're trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. Lawyers are wringing their, uh, their hands. Uh, they're going to get paid. <laughs> they are going to get paid. By the well, uh, by the way, rather the We Will Collective, the Iowa State. Did you see some of the photos? I guess there was, uh, um, it was I think it was Make a Wish over the weekend, and uh, both Hunter Deckers and Xavier Hutchinson were out representing Iowa State at the event. And uh, I'm guessing uh, some of the We Will uh, money that's been raised uh, has uh, has gone to those two student athletes, and that's the way they were going to do business. And I. Uh, we saw our first example. There might have been more, but that's the first one we saw this weekend is Deckers and uh, Xavier Hutchinson out representing Iowa State. We'll take a time out. Come back. Uh, we'll talk to Nate Bolton on the NIL. What does this mean, if anything? Uh, busy hour number two. Tommy Birch is going to join us. So is Joe Donald, the voice of the Minnesota Wild. Game five tonight. Blues Wild. 8.30. Joe Donald has the radio call. Miller and Condon back after this on Des Moines Sports Station. 106. Kingsford.com. Hard, right? The James Harden. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, our next guest, he's still Senator Nate Bolton. Is he wearing his senator hat or is he attorney at Hedberg and Bolton? Is the legislator still in session? I don't know. Do you? Uh, that's over my realm. <laughs> funny. We know sports. Well, we, th- we pretend we do anyway. Some days. Uh, let's get uh, Senator Bolton in here. Are you attorney Bolton or are you Senator Bolton? Is the legislator still in session, Nate? Apologies for not knowing we- that. We are still in session, unfortunately. Uh, we should be done, but yeah. we, we don't have a deal on the state's budget. So uh, we just uh, will keep hanging around until that gets done. Some work to be done. Well, we don't want to talk to you about that. We do want to pick your brain. You and Brad Zahn uh, were behind this as far as when we first heard about it um, in, in Iowa. We know it's grown significantly and obviously uh, throughout the country. Um, as they try and, I guess, the NCAA tries to get a hold of this. I, I don't know, Nate. Do you see it as putting the toothpaste back in the tube? Are they too late to do anything at this point, Nate? 
they're not too late. It just is a lot harder to do it this way. I mean, again, in an ideal world, they would have taken responsibility for their actions, and we would have had rules in place and name, image, likeness, uh, a system going through the NCAA 10 years ago. Uh, instead, they waited until states finally had to step up and start putting pressure on them to act. And now they, they have the floodgates open to name, image, likeness and transfer portals that, that have gone together to create a really uh, major landscape change. And now they're trying to issue not even rules, but guidance on enforcing past rules, the cur- currently in effect rules regarding boosters. And um, and they're, they're saying they want to do it kind of with a more prospective eye at things that will happen from here on out with name image likeness issues, but they're going to have to get serious about creating uh, an actual set of rules around name image likeness uh, uh, policies in, in regards to boosters and, and transfer portals and, and actually avoid this kind of system where there's, there's a whole lot of money being used that probably does cross the line for booster involvement. And, uh, and until they get their their act together, we're going to continue to see a lot of growing pains that never should have happened with name image like them. These, uh, when it was put in place NIL, there was very little thought of using this as an inducement to bring players into a program, recruiting-wise, and of course that's what the collectives have morphed into. That part of it, the collectives, I, I saw something interesting yesterday where these are tax-exempt organizations, and you can't use a tax-exempt organization just to pay somebody. You have to actually show that there is philanthropic work that is happening inside of it. How difficult, and this is kind of both sides of the aisle here, both for you and your full-time job as a lawyer and the other part, these, what are they, 503Cs, these, these tax-exempt organizations that the collectives are, how dangerous is it that they possibly have to be taken away if they're not doing it, quote-unquote, the right way? It is dangerous, but it's, it's not hard to set something up to do it the right way. Um, it, if you have a tax-exempt organization and, you, you know, you put a bunch of money towards a, a college athlete to just share a, a, you know, kind of nonprofit message, whether it is a public health message or it's a civic involvement message, you know, all they have to do is um, say that as, as part of your, you know, uh, X amount of dollars, you're going to record this, you know, public service advertisement that, that we'll put up on a billboard or two. Now you've, you know, created a nonprofit that has a nonprofit mission, and you're you're using your collective to to further it. So it's it's really not hard to envision ways that um, these collectives could structure themselves in a way that is very much legal. Mm. Nate, uh, do these laws or rules do they vary by state? Because that could obviously be a major problem or a a, a major uh, benefit if your team. Or if you're a school in that state that that uh, that uh, um, makes this not legal, I guess, but does um, makes it okay for the for a school to operate this way. The guy that has the uh, the collective um, life wallet in in Florida, he says, you know, bring on any litigation. He thinks he uh-huh. thinks he's untouchable. Do the rules vary from state to state, Nate? Because that could be real problematic. Yeah, there are going to be some differences state to state, um, and it's going to be. Uh, there, there are a lot of things. If you're a college athlete, you will have to pay attention to as you accept some of these deals and engage in some of this name, image, likeness promotions. If you're selling products, 
you do need to have a, like a sales tax license and be paying your sales tax on if you're you're putting your own T-shirts out there. Um, you, you need to be registering and 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 paying for those things. And there's just a lot of a lot of technicalities that are going to vary state to state on what things are are taxable, what uh, what what deals are. Uh, allowed and not allowed, and if there's any regulation on agency relationships in various states, that continues to be one of my concerns is, you know, for a professional athlete, uh, we have pretty strong rules about what you can and can't charge uh, an athlete in terms of your agent representation, Mm -hmm. but a sports agent engaged in name, image, likeness, it's the Wild West, and they can take a third or they can take half of what what you're getting to structure deals, and... um, there are going to be very few college athletes that are going to just instinctively know how to navigate all of that. So, yeah, there are a lot of things that are going to continue to crop up as, as major issues as we get further and further into this. And, again, none of this had to happen. This all could have been dealt with 10 years ago if the NCAA had been proactive in dealing with this rather than waiting for this situation to develop. You know, the the guy that uh, is, and his name escapes me, that runs the uh, the Life Wallet Collective, he was quoted in a piece that I read. I never saw Nigel Pack, this is a transfer from K-State, I never saw Nigel Pack play or knew what his abilities were until I entered the contract. The reason I entered into the contract, because he was the top-rated portal player by all accounts. I mean, that's pay-for-play, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And and there, part of those growing pains is, is going to be um, that there are going to be some consequences um, for so, some outright violations that are going to happen as, as NCAA current rules are being violated as part of name image likeness. Um, you know, it you can't have um, boosters engaged in the recruitment process. I mean, those stu- rules still exist, mm-hmm. and that's where the NCAA is coming out with this guidance to say. Yeah, we have no real regulation of name, image, likeness um, um, profiting for for college athletes, but we do still have existing rules, and uh, that we may start getting it. And the NCAA again saying that they're going to look at this from here forward rather than punishing people for not really knowing where the line was. But there are going to be some. They're going to have to be some tough lessons that come out of this for those that that go too far with with their efforts to bring athletes into their favorite institution. So I continue to hear that if these parameters go in place and there's going to be these guidelines or safeguards that are put in place by the NCAA, that they're setting themselves up for antitrust uh, problems. Fill me in because Uh I pretend like sometimes I know what I mean. I don't know what that means. (laughs) So the way like the NFL or Major League Baseball get around antitrust is they have a union and a collective bargaining agreement. So it's not collusion among the teams to regulate salary and benefits when there's a, a union that negotiates in good faith a collective bargaining agreement with a group of, of teams or a league um, that everybody operates under those rules. They've exercised their their free market rights as individual athletes to form a union and have that union set up rules for the workplace. Um, in college athletes, uh, we don't we don't have a a players association union that can negotiate market controls as part of their 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 labor rights. So now you have regulations coming from the institutions that the the individual athletes don't have a voice in creating, 
those, those are artificial market control, and those are looked at very skeptically by courts when you start having um, one group of organizations controlling the, the, the value of the, the labor force or the, the value of the, the market in a setting. So it does get pretty dicey for the NCAA to unilaterally start um, enacting rules and regulations on name image likeness from here on out. They're, they're going to have to be careful about what they do. It um, doesn't mean they can't do it, but when you start having individual leagues working together to change rules, that starts to look like collusion. It starts to look mm-hmm. like unfair market uh, restraint. So they, they do have to be quite cautious on what they do from here. When will this get sorted out? Will it get sorted? Probably not in time for football, right? Well, I mean, how long is this process going to take before we definitively know what uh, you can and you can't do? How long do you think that takes, Nate? I think it'll take a couple seasons. Uh, you know, I think there will be this kind of period of time where it, it everybody's going to test the limits. And, and some people are going to get burned on really bad deals that they, they will learn a lesson as well. You know, putting out a bunch of money for a college athlete to go to your favorite institution and then they transfer out of the transfer portal almost immediately after they get there, you, you're going to sense that that probably wasn't the wisest investment of resources. So there's going to be that part of the market control too. Um, but I think it'll take a couple seasons for players, for boosters, for the NCAA, everybody to just figure out how to set some framework around this. And, and again, the shameful thing is this all could have been done for a smooth transition if the NCAA had started to deal with this issue responsibly. Instead, they made it quite clear they were never going to deal with this until states started acting. And that's where we're at right now. Nate Bolton, Senator Nate Bolton, Attorney Nate Bolton, Hedberg and Bolton. Nate, thanks for helping us on this. We certainly appreciate it because we are completely over the tips of our skis when it comes to this. Thank you, Nate. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Nate Bolton, Senator, as we uh, figure it out on the fly, model our way through this. Our number two, Tommy Birch. Fuck baseball. That'll, we know that. I think we have a pretty good grasp of it. Uh, and then Joe O'Donnell, Game 5, Blues, Wild, St. Paul tonight. Pivotal Game 5. Now the keyword as well, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.